Good evening, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Tonight, we'll be discussing David Guetta's campaign to save the world. Plus, we'll touch on much less important topics like the Bundesliga title race, the return of the English Premier League, and the announcement of the hashtag MLS is back all one word tournament. It's a lot to sink our teeth into, and Justin's got a hard stop, so let's kick off. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the STL podcast or Soccer Talk Lads podcast. It is Wednesday, June 10th, and we are here in various locations around the state of Missouri, or by our president's understanding, the state of Kansas in some cases. Uh, Justin, Ian, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. I made a super cool record for tonight that we are going to be debuting, so. <laughs> good. Good. I hope I hope the people really like that. And I think I, it's gonna I did not do that. Some real change. <laughs> Ian, you did you did not lay any sick no, beats. I, I uh instead decided to um watch other people make sick beats. That's fair. <laughs> I feel like that's a fair response though, you know? Um I'm, I'm helping. The people might not know that yeah. Ian is the creator, the David Guetta, if you will, behind the theme for the uh, two guys, one cup podcast. So, you know, he Did does. Not. Ha- he does have. So some he has the. He has the technology. Yeah, we could be changing the world. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I think you should have ended malaria with your sick Uh-oh. beats. People aren't begging for the beats, so you know, <laughs> if the people want it, I got to hear from them. That's that's fair. I do understand that criticism. Really, it's the people's fault. There we go. People's. There we are. I'm I back. Think, I think hey. if the movement of our age has taught us anything, it's blame everyday people for causing problems um yeah so soccer's back kind of we talked about that last week in terms of uh german uh soccer but we uh we want to start with david Gallo. do we want to talk about that first chronologically yeah, I, feels I, correct. I will explode if we don't talk about this first that's fair uh <laughs> so um for anyone who hasn't heard yet David Guetta, uh, the 54-year-old, like mid-50s, which was shocking wow. to me, uh, French uh, EDM producer, uh, solved racism, and this is how he did it. The world is going through difficult times, and America too, actually. So, last night, I knew we were going to do this. And I made a special record. So this record is in honor of George Floyd. And I really hope we can see more unity and more peace when already things are so difficult. So 
Shout out to his family. difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream. So, um, I don't know where to begin. Justin, you brought this to our attention, so why don't I give you the floor first? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things that we need to point out. One, you know, I, I believe that DG thought that he would be curing racism here, and he did, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> um, I also want to point out just the amount of sponsorships that this video has are amazing to me. <laughs> it's brought to my attention because this is a MLS-sponsored clip, in case you guys didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I I have many thoughts. Uh, I think my over my overarching thought is just like there are some people who saw this and actually got angry, and I just don't understand that because he's so innocent. Like he's he's incredibly incredibly out of touch, but like it's so harmless <laughs> to me that you know I just feel like let's not be angry at David Guetta of all people right now. But I just love. I mean, there there are moments in there that I love. My favorite that I keep coming back to is and America too actually well the world is in danger like but also <laughs> like America is an afterthought in all the troubles that the world is going through even though that's specifically the trouble he's talking about but another moment I love is when he goes uh, I knew we were gonna do this today and it's like yeah David because it's your event you know? <laughs> it's your sponsored techno for the cure or whatever it is events so yeah i'd hope you i hope you knew it was coming Um, i think people have an issue with the juxtaposition of this millionaire edm producer putting a dj set together on top of a building in downtown new york as like with with smoke behind him as there's actual riots going on in the streets Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) just like that whole the whole picture is interesting and uh you know (laughs) laying down one of the top I would say two, maybe three most important speeches in American history on top of a fat EDM track. I mean, it slaps. I mean, I assume he's going to get, you know, the Gettysburg address and like JFK's inauguration when when the EP comes out. I assume. Honestly, I'm just hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping for a full length album. Yeah. <laughs> <That would> be... <laughs> um, I mean, it does slap. I think we have to admit that it. Like everything David Guetta produces, it it is it is it does slap. So it's his heart's in the right place, you know. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like that's something you can say of anyone who produces techno music. Your heart's in the right place. They give it their all. You can feel that. It's just like you know, read past the first chapter. <laughs> and it's kind of like okay, I. But you know what? You're right. At the end of the day. Uh, when it's all said and done and the, and the music's over and you're left with your thoughts, I got to say, I enjoy it immensely, but much like Game of Thrones, the longer I think about it, the more I hate it. <laughs> and where would you rank it in terms of 
MLK inspired EDM remix. Very near the top. Uh, yeah, I mean it's probably like top three, but it's probably only like two because I mean there's there's another one. I would but. say Skrillex's oh, wow. take on Letter from Birmingham Jail really maybe is over the top of it, but you know, it's pretty close. And Skrillex didn't debut his in front of the Empire State Building, so I want you to know that my cursory YouTube search tells me that there are at least four other versions. Of... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's techno music. There's got to be remixes. That you know? seems so right. That seems Dating so back correct. to 2014, it appears. It's like how there are remixes of, of uh, Blinding Whites, and I'm like, but this was already perfect. So what are you, what are you remixing? How can you change it? You know, That's how I feel about the I Have a Dream speech. Not afraid to say that it's pretty good. I'm going to take that political stand. Uh, <laughs> David Guetta, an American hero. Is that fair to say? I think it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, probably he, the most important Frenchman in American history, I would he, say. He gave us titanium, <laughs> and then he gave us this, and mm-hmm. I'm sure other things in between. But yeah, he's uh, I you know, I he's he's an angel. He was, he re- you know, he was just trying. He, he really was. He was maybe misguided, but he he meant the best. And he's a sweet little middle-aged EDM DJ. And, you know, he shouted out George Floyd's family, so his heart was in the right place. That's right. Shout out to his family indeed. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I mean, I don't know where we go from there. I think that's the whole episode. Uh, Yeah, I think that that just is the podcast. That's right. I mean, we do have, by uh, Justin's edict, we do have a hard stop tonight which is a tradition in the whatever podcast network our podcast network is called uh so you know 2g1cstl yeah (laughs) just all the letters uh but so we've got we got to keep moving and so i say we jump into the bundesliga recap which is the biggest soccer organization that has started back uh while my cat screams at the door because i've dared to refuse her entry into my space Sorry for anyone who can hear How that, dare which you. is everyone on Earth. She has thoughts. Oh, that's right. Maybe she has really strong opinions on David Guetta. Uh, she is over his bullshit. That's that's what she's doing right now. Um, the Bundesliga. Justin, what happened? There was a championship race. Now there's not anymore. Uh, there was. Yeah. yeah. At one point in our time. As has in become fact, last tradition. time we talked, it was, it was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, but as all things in life, soccer is a game where 11 people play and in the end uh Bayern Munich win that's so <laughs> that's, that's right that's that really is a life lesson people from Munich win and uh you give it a good shot uh mm-hmm. but they have won five in a row they've scored 17 goals since returning including five goals Again. against one <laughs> fortune at Dusseldorf uh, very well said. Were you called a Dusseldorf? Is that the story? Yeah, yeah that, that is uh, that is what was brought against me when we watched this game, yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's fair, I think. At least it wasn't a Deutsch bag, you know? So, I, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of puns here. That's right. Uh, so, as a result of that, uh, Borussia Dortmund is in second place, seven points back. Uh, and their only loss is to Bayern. Uh, but that seven-point gap is, honestly, at this point, probably decisive. I would say. I mean, I don't. I, it's not over, but it would be pretty hard for me to see anyone 
catching up to Bayern. Do you have thoughts on that, Justin? No, yeah, I think it's... I mean, Bayern have games against uh, Mönchengladbach and Wolfsburg still, but yeah, I would say like, so they would have to lose three games essentially for Dortmund to catch them, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think the game between them was really close, and it was like actually pretty intense considering like usually these games without fans, you almost like don't feel the pressure, but like you could actually feel like the players are definitely playing up Another notch, which was kind of fun. Um, but Baron were just like a little bit too much in the goal that was scored was just like top class. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And on top of everything else, uh, Real Brendan Leipzig and Borussia Mönchengladbach have faltered. Um, RBL, as we know, losing Timo Werner to Chelsea now because <sighs> the universe hates me. But they have also seen the last minute. Ooh, it came out of nowhere, Steven. Uh, we'll discuss in a minute. We'll talk. We'll talk about it. But they've also seen their form dip since the return. Um, you want to talk about the standings there and some of the statistics? Yeah, it's interesting because, like, for whatever reason, I don't know why teams like Mushin Gladback and. Leipzig suffered more than Dortmund and Bayern do coming back. But Bayern looks like a well-oiled machine, even though they're not necessarily like a system team. They're just have like I think they're so skilled that yeah, like no say, amount of rust is going to affect them. It's skill and experience because I feel yeah. like Bayern is one of those clubs that differentiates itself from kind of the Barcelonas and uh, PSGs of the world, where it's like they usually have guys for a pretty long time. And they're older, you know, which can be a detriment when you're in the... Tomas Muller has been there for like a decade, I think. And he's been like one of the best players in the world. But since he played... Which can be a detriment when you're playing the the Champions League against 22-year-old superstars. But when you're playing... When you're in a situation like this where you're playing a group of, you know, teenagers and and young 20 year olds who probably didn't take quarantine very seriously and didn't stay in shape and things it's, it's you think probably, that's it maybe that's it i mean maybe, maybe I we really got to the bottom it might of it be here. a factor i don't know if it's the whole story I, I do think you know at the end of the day bayern munich is just more loaded with talent than almost any club in the world but yeah i think that could both you know they could be complementing each other yeah and i think Dortmund kind of same thing they're just like super talented Jane Sancho like barely played those first couple of games, but then since he's come back, has like just unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, Erling Haaland still pretty good. Who would have thought? Yeah, still faster than Usain Bolt too. Still faster than Usain Bolt. Yeah. So the standings right now: Bayern is leading with seventy points, Dortmund with sixty-three, Rusin Ball Sport Leipzig fifty-nine, uh, Mönchengladbach at fifty-six, Leverkusen at fifty-six, and then Wolfsburg is a little farther back in six with 45. So there's still like a pretty good fight for those like top three and definitely for like the fourth champion league spot. But um, I think Baron has the title shot has the title race pretty much tied up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's to be expected. I mean, it's usually right now it's pretty much always going to be Bayern or, or BVB and you know, right now it's Bayern. Uh, speaking of BVB, though, they uh, did have some of the players wear 
Justice for George Floyd shirts and other uh, protest shirts. You said you asked why do the Germans get everything right? I don't, I don't know about everything. I don't know if we <laughs> want to commit to that. Uh, but Jaden Sancho and uh, Weston McKinney, the American, uh, pay tribute paid tribute to George Floyd protests, um, and then the entire Bundesliga joined in last week, which is great. Uh, what did you guys think about this? Seeing the solidarity from around the world with. Uh, you know, the the and America, too, actually, of it all, the uh, protests that are going on, you know, around the country. What did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's refreshing to see, because I, like, coming from um, American sports and coming from, like, a track background, usually when you have these, like, athlete-based protests, like, then you see the league just, like, slap it down. And because it's some sort of uniform guideline or something that they can suspend somebody for. So it was refreshing to see that, like... Uh, DFP, which is the German Football League or like organization or whatever, um, kind of like fully something, back them. Something, <laughs> something, something. Like Schalke said that they fully back them. They said that they wish they would have known beforehand so they could have been prepared, but that they like Weston McCain didn't receive any sort of trouble or anything like mm. that. Yeah, I'm just kind of surprised. I guess I'm I'm very surprised that this has gotten as much international attention as it has. Um, I feel like I shouldn't be, given the fact that we're very connected uh, through technology and everything. And this isn't, you know, racism isn't something that's only present in America by any means. And so it feels like um, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. And it's and in a good way. You know, I I really didn't think athletes of, of other other countries are really going to care all that much. And it's it's nice to see some solidarity, you know, across the pond. And um, I don't know, just I think it means I think it means a lot to people over here for sure. Yeah, it was cool to see. Yeah, I think it's valuable, too, because I think in a lot of European countries, you know, and I'm not trying to talk out of turn, but I feel like in America, I'll start with us. In America, racism (laughs) is a very, very obvious surface level issue that we've, you know, although haven't dealt with appropriately all the time, it's, it's sort of in our consciousness publicly. And we talk about it regularly, especially since, you know, really the Michael Brown and Ferguson stuff even more so, but really all our lives we've talked about it, you know, and and I think we've been told not to be that way for the most part. But I feel like in Europe, it's a situation where there's a lot of it, but it's often kind of below the surface and a little more subtle. And I think, I wonder if players who, you know, go over there, I mean, Jaden Sancho is English, so he is familiar with European you know, culture, but Weston McKinney is not, obviously, he's an American. So I wonder if players who go over there kind of, and, you know, and are minority, you know, black themselves, I wonder if they kind of experience that in a different way that maybe kind of Europeans who are sort of numb to it don't. And so I think it's not just, you know, and I think it's important to remember that it's not just them looking over the seas and looking at us and, 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 you know, rightfully protesting what's gone on here i think it's important to to look at around the world and recognize that this happens everywhere and, and we all yeah like on it. i think like spain and italy have had a ton of problems with it like mm-hmm. if you've watched anything that's happening uh what uh syria with mm-hmm. what Romeo lukaku has gone through this year um and what like mario balotelli has gone through like yeah yeah i, mean, I think mario basically every league besides the german league has had like really big problems with Mm-hmm. racism just like in the stands and everything yeah and and i mean even germany 
as a whole, whether or not the Bundesliga has fallen prey to it as much, has a lot of mm, like right. anti-Turkish resentment. I know because they've got a lot of Turkish immigrants, and I know that's really common there. So I just, I think it is, it is something that everyone in the world has to fight, even if it's very obvious and very front and center in the United States right now. You know, for for queer reasons, I just, I think it's an important worldwide issue. So I'm glad. I'm glad that they're using their platform and especially because a lot of Americans are probably tuning into Bundesliga right now that maybe normally wouldn't be because it is, you know, the only sport really in town. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's great. And I think it was good. Of, I think it's wonderful that the Bundesliga didn't try and, and stifle it in any way. And um, yeah, so uh, overall Germany feels kind of wrapped up in terms of in terms of settling the the championship race, I mean anything could happen. You know, Stevie Gerrard slipped, and and bad things happen to good people. But um, <laughs> but uh, feels like Bayern pulled away just in time, so we could concentrate on the returning English Premier League and La Liga. Uh, it's very and, nice of Robert Lewandowski to do that for us. Yes. Yes, and officially, <laughs> as of today, speaking of nice things, uh, MLS um, is back as well. So. You know, got to give credit to the commissioner and uh, thank him for serving our podcast, which I know he specifically uh, did that for us. So thank you, Don Garber. Yeah, exactly. thank you. Get some Garber bucks and <laughs> spend them on your stimulus check. Are there Garber stimulus checks? I bet there are. I'd almost get. I don't know. I was wondering if Don Garber had went to the uh, school of collecting bargaining that we're used to in the NHL, but. MLS got their stuff together. There's no Gary Bettman influence here, and for that, I'm happy. Yeah, I, any place where Gary Bettman isn't, I usually find myself pretty thrilled. So, um, the big, the big, you know, new EPL news is, as we already touched on, Timo Werner signing with Chelsea. Um, thoughts, Justin? I'll let you start. Yeah, well, Stephen, I was wondering why does Timo Werner signing with Chelsea instantly change the title race here that <laughs> Liverpool doesn't have wrapped up yet? <laughs> even though he probably didn't even get to play this year. Uh, I just, I just loved how the narrative instantly changed yeah. from Liverpool being ahead by uh, twenty-five points to <laughs> they need to watch out because Chelsea has Timo Werner yeah. now. <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta, I, I gotta take a moment to criticize my own people here. It makes me yes, very, dude, <laughs> very angry. I, I, I wanted Timo Werner, obviously. Anybody in their right mind would want Timo Werner to play for their team. But somehow this Not became like the the Fenway Sports Group. What's their official name? I can't think of it right now. But Yeah, I think it's FSB, just okay. Fenway, or FSG maybe. Yeah, something yeah. along those lines. Something some along um, those lines. Somehow like failed Liverpool or like... <laughs> Or somehow they're cheap, even though they paid, I think, still the record ever sum for uh, a center half in Virgil van Dyke and the record sum or a record sum for goalkeeper in uh, Allison. And uh, I think Liverpool fans, and, and admittedly, they've had 30 years of reinforcement that they are going to fail and that they are going to be disappointed. But like, I think maybe because of the break, they forgot that... There's a good argument that Liverpool is the best team in world soccer right now, and they're certainly guaranteed to win the Premier League title this year whenever it resumes. And, like, just, 
I, I don't I feel like the word is a little bit of, of arrogance or a little bit of like uh, greediness in terms of like yeah. want Timo Werner obviously like of course you want him for your team and and of course you want Misha. your team to go out and buy elite players but like you've got a lot of elite players and <laughs> you've got you know arguably the best manager in world soccer and arguably the best uh, defender, and we're, uh, not arguably, I, I don't think there's much argument for anybody other than Virgil van Dyke, and arguably among the best goalies in soccer, and the best, the best top three. And, yeah, yeah. I like. I don't know soccer. where the outrage is from. Not saying that Timo Werner wouldn't fit in Liverpool, because I think you just make room for him. Mm-hmm. But with like the partnership between Mo Salah and and Sane and. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why you're worried about that. And Firmino is probably like one of the better players in the world. And like, that would be the position that Timo Werner would be playing in. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's, it's fair to say that one of Liverpool's biggest weakness is that the drop off from third forward to fourth forward is steep. So, and when you look at their, when you look at the, competition schedule that at least pre-coronavirus European soccer teams are expected to play, it becomes pretty hard to put your best foot forward in every game That's fair. That's when fair. your best alternative to Mo Salah, uh, Sadio Mane, and uh, Roberto Firmino is like, um, I can't even think of his name, Divac Origi, who's great and has had some great moments, but he's just nowhere near on those guys' level. So I see the argument for wanting another forward, and I think Jurgen Klopp would use them very well and cycle them in, and they'd all be happy and get their playing time. But, like, I just don't think it had to be this forward. You know, I think I think yeah. there's still a whole summer transfer window, and and I think you've got to trust Jurgen Klopp to go get somebody and and – there's, you know, Jaden Sancho is still out there and rumored to be potentially on the move. Uh, Jaden Sancho is going to Manchester United, oh, by he? the way. I forgot that's, about that. That's, okay. yeah. um, other, but, I mean, who cares? Like, other players, I mean, Klopp's biggest strength really has been finding guys that are undervalued. You know, I mean, yes, he's yeah. gone out and swung for the fences with Van Dyke and Allison and, um, you know, Kaida. And for the most part, those have paid off Kaida a little less. But, like... Also, he went and got Andy Robertson, who's arguably the best left back in the world now, out of nowhere, you know, and trained him into what he is. And he went and got uh, Mo Salah, who'd bounced around, and he paid a, a decent price for him, but he made him into a world-class forward in Sadio Mane. And, and you know, he, he helped Trent Alexander-Arnold mature from Liverpool's own ranks, and it's like, I just think you got to have the trust in that guy that whatever needs to happen is going to happen. And it wasn't like Timo or Werner or bust, you know, but yeah, I think it just puts, I think it puts more pressure on like United city, like Leicester mm-hmm. to like do something to react versus I don't think like Liverpool, especially like to the end of the year, maybe going into next year, they need something to be worried about. But I don't think, that one Timo Werner makes Chelsea into a title contender. Yeah, exactly. I think it's 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 almost more of a power move in Klopp's case to be like, yeah, go ahead and sign him. What do we care? <laughs> you know, like we're so much better than you. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be combative, but like at this point, there's they've been so much better this season that no team in the Premier League is going to sign 
anybody or any two somebodies and suddenly be on Liverpool's level, you know? So, um, yeah, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think it's just people getting angry because they haven't had anything in sports to be angry about for a while. And so yeah, nothing to talk about. Um, but yeah, Ian, were you uh, devastated that uh, Timo Werner didn't go to Tottenham? Ian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was, I was blown away. <laughs> <laughs> I like to you know, um, make sure you feel included. So this is one of the this is one of them transfers. Yeah. <laughs> When they're transfers. Yes. Ian, how a transfer well, works is that one team trades a player to another team, and then the other team trades money back to the other team. Is this a, I so. mean, it is a transfer, but didn't they end up paying the signing fee rather than the transfer? Uh, I think he had a escape clause. Yeah, which is functionally the same, but... <laughs> but emotionally escape clause. <laughs> so, Ian, this is a good... good uh, little piece of information for our uneducated fans not that you're among them but um a lot of not all but several many um big name player contracts especially i think for people on the team of earner tier where you're younger and you're rising and you're probably not getting paid you know appropriately for your output Uh, A lot of their contracts have what's called an escape clause or a release clause where there's a certain threshold that the team agrees on where it's like if a, if a team that wants to sign you offers this much, they can get you without the team agreeing to it. Basically you can invalidate your contract and just go. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a little weird because those aren't super public. Usually, usually it's like a big deal if like a reporter or something finds out what the, you know, release clause price is. It's not like in the NHL where you know every detail of a contract, but it's okay. it's always like it is kind of weird to me. Then when in the, like in this case, they're trying to be uh, a hard ass, you know, about like, oh well, we're only going to take this much for him because it's like okay, but he has an escape clause, so he can just trigger that and then guess <laughs> yeah. how much you get. You know, like I don't know what the. And maybe that's my own ignorance, but I don't know what the value of being a hard ass about it is. That's in- I just think it's interesting from a very basic standpoint that like, like uh, this is to be real stupid. The RB Leipzig is a German team, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And the fact that they just I don't know. It's interesting in like a hopping league standpoint. I get like in the NHL that you could like conceivably get someone from the KHL, but I think mm-hmm. that there's complications with that too. But yeah, just the fact that you have all these leagues playing in such close proximity that you well, can actually and like, right now it's complicated because like your typical transfer windows aren't like where they usually are because of the pandemic and everything. Well, it's that, like usually each continent has their own like period of time that you can transfer a player in and out from. Um, but right now it's kind of like open season because no one's really playing right now. So and that's the one benefit, maybe the only benefit of the of still having FIFA as that sort of superstructure over world soccer is that Mm. all of these leagues individually are subsidiaries of FIFA. And so FIFA still sets the rules and that's why you can transfer players from league to league and not, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that if the Bundesliga had its druthers, it would not let English premier league come in and scoop up all its best talent. Uh, But because FIFA has you know the right to kind of enforce that 
and the players want to play in the very top leagues where, you know, Bundesliga is probably 1A uh, to the to the true number ones of, like, La Liga and EPL, I feel like mm. that's why that happens a lot. I don't know. Just it's also that. interesting because it's, like, part of Red Bull's whole, like, strategy is to, yeah. like, bring up these top-tier players, sure. sell them off, use that money to reinvest into your youth program and, like, bring up more players as opposed to, like, buying top-end players. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, self-sustaining in that way. Some teams... Me too. It's the football economy. Yeah, I mean, some teams definitely... Survey. It, that's one of the things that fascinates me about soccer in general is just teams intentionally exist on different levels and there are teams that like they're not really trying to win titles you know like a title would be a bonus or a luxury but like in the premier league anyone who's not one of the top six clubs knows that it's going to take some sort of leicester city level miracle for them to go on a title run so their goal is to stay competitive and stay relevant and keep people you know in the seats and build a good enough club to challenge for like the domestic cups and, and challenge and maybe the Europa league and make that group. And I just, I kind of find that interesting because I feel like the, it avoids kind of the baseball mentality where it's like, okay, if I'm not competitive, then I'm going to tank, you know, cause there's no point to being in the middle in major league baseball. Whereas in like the English premier league being the eighth best team, isn't that bad, you know? So I, I like that yeah. about soccer. And then even, you know, relegation adds another layer to that where it's like, okay, well, I literally can't just tank or I'm going to get bounced down a level, so. I'm going to go bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like, I do enjoy that there is like a multitude of different sort of storylines that you can develop out of where you, what kind of team you are. Kind of like you said, you can have your own sort of niche mm-hmm. uh, depending on, small market, large market, how much money you have. And it's not necessarily a detriment that you're, like you said, finishing eighth or you're necessarily bottom of the league. I mean, I'm not going to be great, but again, like it seems like for me as a casual fan, it seems really interesting for those teams that are about to get bounced or the teams below them that are going to move up. It just seems like such, such great drama. Ian's coming around. It's coming around. We're getting them. We're converting them. Uh, yeah. And it is great drama. I mean, I think soccer has more drama you know that's that's one of the reasons i hate the kind of ignorant american knock on soccer which i don't think is is as common anymore as it's growing more popular but that kind of oh soccer is boring it's like sure if you don't pay any attention to anything below the surface level you know like yeah you can make it boring but actually within a game there's this constant like struggle for balance and then in the broader you know game as a whole and then around the league there's a struggle for balance and i love it i mean obviously we're doing a soccer podcast so people listening to this probably don't have to be sold but if you do soccer is pretty cool and y'all should like well, it. we're selling we're selling anyway <laughs> right exactly so uh the premier league is Gonna come back. Uh, are the dates? They're not totally firm yet, are they? Or is it? Um, hold on. I can hold on. I, I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't put these in the notes because okay. the dates are firm. Um, oh, I know La Liga firm. starts next week, but I don't really follow La Liga, and I didn't have enough mm-hmm. time to, to write up an overview for you guys. It's so I apologize. The, the that's that's my bad. It's that's my bad. That's <laughs> what I know about La Liga. Uh, well, why don't you while you look for that? I will look. I will talk about these standings, which are basically Liverpool. Uberalis at 82 points. Uh, the next closest team being Man City at 57. That is a 25-point um, gap. Good Lord. Uh, 
that's a lot of points. <laughs> I don't even remember it being that bad when we left off. Um, Look how cocky it is. Yeah, exactly. But it could slip. It could. It could. Don't know. It certainly could. Maybe they just forgot how to play soccer in the intervening two months. A week from today is the first match day. Okay. I like that. Uh, but behind Man City, Leicester City at 53, Chelsea at 48, and Manchester City, or Manchester United, rather, at 45 are kind of um that fighting for the remaining champions league spots um i'm feeling good i'm feeling confident and ready to go (laughs) united uh are both kind of in that tier with 43 points tottenham looks like they're on the outside looking in uh 41 arsenal at 40 just lost to what was it like a an english league two team lost to a league two team brentford three to two in a closed door friendly today not great great. i mean appropriate for a stan Kroenke team but not great and then the bottom 10 uh or 11 are burnley 39 crystal palace 39 Everton 37, Newcastle United 35, Southampton 34, Brighton and Hove Albion 29, West Ham United 27, Watford 27, and then in the three relegation spots presently, AFC Bournemouth at 27, Aston Villa at 25, and Norwich City at 21. So Norwich is all but officially out of contention, although maybe in this environment of coming back and being sloppy, maybe a team can find a just miracle like, ticket out. They of play that. such pretty soccer sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I just would hate to see them go down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Aston Villa, uh, West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth, and to some extent Brighton are all in that kind of fight to avoid relegation. Who would you least like to see uh, get relegated? I feel like... I always have a soft spot for West Ham. Uh, maybe it's because they're mentioned in Harry Potter. They're J.K. Rowling's favorite team. I like their colors. I like that kind of avalanche yeah. color scheme. Uh, so, And I just feel like they're historic. So I'd feel bad if the Hammers went down. Uh, Ian, why don't you pick one of those teams at random? I know you're a big Watford fan. You like the Moose. I do like the Moose. Uh, <laughs> but the Moose Loose. It's not I their team's name for some reason, but it is um, what did we decide? There. Wait, they're... Norwich is the one with the. Were, do they have the nasty looking old jerseys? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those are sick. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, for debate sick. here on this podcast, <laughs> supposedly. But um, I think well, Norwich City's got to leave. They're they're done. They're done. So. <laughs> they were already done. So what is it? Is it three or four teams that get bounced? Three. Teams. Three teams go down. Three teams. Um. Man, I just yeah, I just hope it's not Watford. Even though they like, did we? Did you say that's not a moose? It is a moose. It is a moose. They are not called the moose, though. They <laughs> they're like the Hornets or something. Uh, imagine having, imagine having Justin? a jersey that had like a flying a flying musical note on it, and them being called like the Saints or something. <laughs> Brian and Hove Albion are called the Gold sometimes. So yeah, if you want if you want to go by mascots, it's and really... I just I just love that. I have a soft spot for that crest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time I think I understand the sport, <laughs> then I don't. Watford are nicknamed the Hornets. I was right, even yeah. though they have Hornets. a big black, yellow, and red moose on their. Makes crest. sense to me. 
I believe we've just, dis- I'm pretty sure we've discussed this on the podcast before, though, and that the moose is the crest of the city, and therefore the, the yellow and black is why they get the nickname the Hornets, although their away jerseys are all blue and their third jerseys are all green, so really soccer's just making it up as they go along. Um, team you'd most like to see relegated, I would say uh, Bournemouth does literally nothing for me. I have... I have no opinion of Bournemouth, so go ahead. I don't care, you know. But uh, Norwich, I feel like I would hate to see that little Finnish guy get relegated. What's his name? Pookie. Team Pookie. Yeah, yeah. I'd hate <laughs> that. Although I will say, circling back to our previous subject, that feels like exactly the guy that uh, Klopp would swoop in and buy for like six. Oh yeah, there's no way that he isn't getting swiped by somebody. <laughs> yeah, Norwich exactly. Down. And then turn into like half a you know half a season where Jordan Shakiri is the best player in the Premier League for like. I would long. like to see Aston Villa go down so that uh, Grealish gets poached by somebody. There we but go. that's just me personally. Yep. Nope. That's a good call. <laughs> Ian, pick a team at you. You sticking with Norwich? You sticking with the... Norwich? I mean, what are the? Yeah. What, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> What are the their, Canaries? I mean, when you, when you take look the like Green now. Bay Packers colors and then make them what camouflage, it is going to be a bad time for sure. I, I just have a soft spot for them. They play such pretty soccer. You know, it's a unique color scheme. And get on board, get on board, boys. Come again, on, Team Pookie. So okay, so their their home kit, which is sixty percent off, by the way. Good. Well, yeah, <laughs> as, <I'm gonna> <laughs> Is all right. The the yellow fading into the green, I I enjoy much more than whatever that atrocity was they used to have. The away kit. See, another thing about soccer. Here's another thing. The, their away kit's just red. Yeah. Red and nothing. yellow. Yeah. Uh huh. But the, their, and their third kit's just black. Yep. Why would they? Why would they resemble each other in any way? I I don't know. I mean, this, know, like, this is going to feel really off topic, but when I used to play FIFA 98... You got a hard stop, Justin. Do you really want to go <laughs> off don't have time dropped. It's okay. This is an important story. When I used to play World Cup Soccer 98, uh-huh. I used to get very confused when I would pick Brazil, and then the team that was playing, that I was controlling, was Justin Blue. Yeah. And I didn't, couldn't quite understand it. That's, um, that's a good and I couldn't wrap my head around it as a six-year-old playing soccer. <laughs> I, you guys to know. I still can't wrap my head around it. Ian, I'm almost thirty. Are you telling me that you don't have brand loyalty to Leo Vegas? The Steve Dangle podcast does. So why why don't you just see Leo Vegas and immediately think Norwich City football because that's what they want you to think? I mean that's true. What's your problem? Why doesn't that do it for you? You see Leo Vegas in black. You see it in red. What's the difference? That's all. I'm saying. <laughs> It's the it's the lemon lime and liminess of it all. I look at this and I think of a crisp sear mist. <laughs> I hate and it doesn't feel refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> I hate sear mist. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to dive deeper into MOS kits or sorry uh, Premier League kits at some point uh, because we do have a hard stop. Uh, It'll be a topic for another day. But I think there's a lot of rich fertile ground still to cover there. As do I think. Uh, we still have a lot of world municipal flags uh, to trash in our in our future days as a podcast. But hey, St. Louis being, flag number one, baby. That's right. 
Uh, but for the time being, I do want to give sufficient time to talking about the sport that we actually cover, the uh, or the nationality that we will one day be focused on more than soccer. Any other. Uh, soccer. <laughs> yes, that's right. As opposed to football, which is for Euro trash. Uh, let's talk about soccer. MLS is back. Hashtag. Hashtag MLS is Hashtag back. Hashtag MLS it's, is back. It's all one word. I'm I'm disappointed that you spaced this out in places oh, because it's the hashtag MLS is back tournament. There you go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> also, the is is uh, lowercase. I don't know if you picked that up in the yeah, marketing no, at all, but sure. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really excited about this. I think um, for two reasons. One, I like that they're is a tournament and then there's like a, a there's going to be some sort of a season after that. I love that. I, <laughs> I feel like I that's one of the reasons I, I, I am excited for, but also don't care as much about the NHL returning as it's like, okay, you're going to have a pretend playoff and then it's going to be another three months before hockey, you know? And so yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited about that. But I, I just also, I think it's well thought out, fairly fairly well thought out. Um, there's every, stakes yeah everybody yeah. gets involved um and uh let's just talk about it so on june 24th the teams will be begin arriving in florida all these all these sports have picked florida as their destination to huddle uh a bunch of people which will either be terrific for florida's economy <laughs> or kill everyone with the coronavirus um, i mean it's not looking good <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you guys have been paying attention at all uh, <laughs> Isn't that great? That'll be fine. But um, <laughs> on that'll happen on June twenty fourth. Then the group stage will begin in on July eighth, and I assume that'll be kind of similar to a World Cup, like a round robin qualification round. Is that right, Justin? Yeah, everyone will play everyone once. Yeah, and then standings will determine who advances and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the round of sixteen, which is I assume single elimination, or is it going to be? It didn't uh, say. I would assume games. single elimination. MLS doesn't really do aggregate very often, does it? They do for like some rounds okay. of the MLS playoffs, playoffs, but not every round. I, that's you know, another... the real, real wishy washy with how they feel about their. <laughs> yeah, that's a very European concept, though. So, like, time is relative and all that. Like, who cares? You know? Yeah. No, aggregate games, I actually think, are, are kind of a cool idea. That is another thing I like about soccer. Um, Quarterfinals will be July 30th and August 1st, and then August 5th and 6th uh, would be the semis, and August 11th is the MLS is back tournament final. Um, exciting. That's a lot of soccer. Uh, the 30 or so bucks I've paid uh, for one week of uh, MLS on ESPN Plus will start to pay off. Uh, so glad for that. Uh, there are some weird little weird little things. Nashville is moved to the east for the rest of the season. Not that anyone cared. Um, <laughs> hey, there was a guy in my old apartment that had a Nashville magnet on his car a for Nashville that MLS team. Magnet? He cares. Well, they lasted two games out in the west. They couldn't handle it. They're packing their bags up. East. I'm I'm just <laughs> warming up my shops for talking trash on Nashville. You know. Oh yeah. Um, it is being hosted in Orlando, which means Orlando gets the top seed, which uh, will not work well, out well for them. Well-deserving, well-deserving. <laughs> once they are on the field, they will still suck. So, uh, it's like how uh, the World World Cup host team always gets a, a spot 
in the tournament, it's like, yeah, they, but they're still going to be Qatar, you know, so like it's not yeah. going to work out. <laughs> uh, the Eastern Conference will have three groups, one consisting of six teams and two consisting of four teams each. The Western Conference will have three groups, each consisting of four teams. Okay. Um, the uh, group games will count as points for the season. So that knockout or the the round robin stage will serve two purposes. Uh, mm. The winner of the tournament will receive a spot in the CCL regardless of American or Canadian. There will be $1.1 million in bonuses up for grabs. Uh, but we don't know to whom. In the, or... the press release, it just says that there will be $1.1 million of performance bonuses. It doesn't say like who for gets it. For the winning team, for the Winners! highest, highest goal scorer. Spectacular goals. The least uh, points in the great. qualifying round could be anything. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, the fun, the great thing for soccer fans, uh, 54 games over three weeks, which is pretty nice. Um so I'm excited about that. I'm excited overall. I'm really psyched about this. Uh, how do you guys feel? I mean, I assume generally in excitement, uh, but what do you guys think uh, about the details and all of that? Yeah, uh, I am excited that soccer's back for one. I feel like we got really pumped up for the MLS season and then like instantly deployed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, 100%. Um, so we'll have to kind of go back through and see what we think of each of these teams again. I, I don't know what to think about who will win, given that we know like absolutely nothing about these teams right now. But I'm excited. I think it'll be some like madness going on with like the all the games in a row mm-hmm. and something unexpected will happen, which you know kind of has that like March Madness vibe. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I uh Ian actually, why don't you go ahead and, and talk and then then I'll say I'm I'm looking forward to rooting for the for the Portland Timbers. I said I was going to do it, and then I couldn't do it, and now I'm going to do it. There we go. At least you're I'm, consistent. I'm, I have look. I've got brand loyalty in the sense that I also looked at what the NBA was doing, and I said, you know what? I like I got to pay attention to all these. I got to pick a team, and I consulted some NBA friends, and they said, you know what? Uh, you got to pick the Portland Trailblazers, and I was like, you know what? Portland you're, all the way. You're a Portland guy now. That's right. You fit right in there. Um. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, this is all being done under the shadow of, of COVID-19, and I don't know what that is anymore. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I really, I feel like we've all just kind of, you know, with the with the other giant story that has been going on, shout out to George Floyd's family, I feel like we don't, you know, we just haven't talked about it. It hasn't been as central in our consciousness as it was, and I think hopefully, you know, I mean... I assume professionals are still monitoring it and everything, and and hopefully it will continue to be good news and these things will continue to happen. But as always, you know, as with all the other sports, safety is going to be paramount here, and the MLS has big plans to do, you know, testing and and temperature and social distancing and obviously no fans and all that. So, um, you know, as, as long as any of these things can be done in safety and you know with the best interest of the players at heart i i'm really all for them and i think you know without getting too you know pontificating i I think sports does serve an important role in in society and i think we've maybe kind of learned that over the last few months is like we need things to unite about and 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 share common ground about and you know unfortunately 
there aren't as many things to do that about as maybe there were in, in the past, but I think, you know, we can, we can say, Hey, you're, you're a blues fan. I'm a blues fan. I don't really care for the next two hours. What else do you think? You know, we're all, we're all pulling in the same direction. So I would love as many sports to come back as possible. Uh, but obviously with an eye towards safety first and all that. So I'm excited. Are the, are the sponsors I... excited, Justin? Oh, uh, wait, what? What are you sorry you cut out there? Uh, are the sponsors excited? I know the sponsors fans are excited. excited. Yeah, the sponsors are excited. We're excited. Team's excited. We're a team. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just, I'm psyched. I really, I really am. I'm, I'm pumped for this. I was, I was not necessarily expecting this. And something about, you know, having the big tournament flashy thing, but then still having a season. Uh, some semblance of a season afterwards really has just kind of hit me and, and that's kind of perfect for me so i'm really it kind of came pretty quick because there's like cba posturing mm-hmm. people were saying that they're like oh we'll probably have a lockout and it looked like it looked like it was going to happen and then like last week the everyone agreed on cba mm-hmm. there were concessions made on both sides and all of a sudden okay we're back we're playing yeah and, and i feel like it's it's you know, it's it's just good. I mean, I feel like it'll be a great opportunity to have kind of a crash course and and MOS and and get to see a lot of it really fast. And I think you know, as as far as the podcast goes, that's the area where uh, Ian and I still are kind of behind the times and just not having you know me. I've watched a lot of Premier League and and just world soccer over the past several years, but a relatively little MOS. And and so I think it's going to be a good opportunity to just sort of smash in and get a lot of the names, know a lot of the players, know a lot of the tensions and rivalries. And I'm really, I'm, I'm stoked for it. And also June 24th is really soon. Uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, granted games don't start for another two weeks after that, but, but that's like, you know, with, with NHL pushing back and MLB probably never happening at this point. Like that's, that's exciting. It's, it's happening fast, so it'll be good because like the Premier League will be wrapping up by then, mm-hmm. I think. Because there's only, if I'm doing my math right, well, maybe there'll be a couple games left. But yeah, like it feels like it's in a good spot. So you have like a month of games all like smushed together, and then yeah, I think it'll be good for the sport in general. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm driving down and visiting for work purposes the home of the Houston Dynamo next week, so maybe I'll be. Uh, converted not the home like the stadium just houston you know oh. that was an odd way to phrase it but uh maybe i'll become a, a houston dynamo fan in honor of will bruin who has not been there for years um, <laughs> but uh who knows yeah i'm just i'm i'm thrilled and we'll we'll talk about you know once we get a clear picture and, and get a little closer we'll talk about teams and and try to make some sort of predictions even though as you said that's going to be really hard um portland, portland. just yeah, the timbers portland wins everything. yeah no more <laughs> predictions over uh, that's right I, I like it uh so that's pretty much the soccer update this week we do have a hard stop to honor hard stop uh do you guys have anything more you want to talk about? Um, any more jabs to take at David Getter or anything in general um, before we get out of here? Had do we know if his family has accepted the shoutouts yet? I don't know, honestly. We'll have to check in on that. I assume okay. they have. I assume it's is it like a passive acceptance? Is it like if you if if you don't? <laughs> That's the only way. Shout out. Do you just accept it naturally? I don't know. 
That's I a just question. let it wash over you. Yeah, that's right. It's a theological question, really. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch English soccer, MLS soccer, uh, English football, excuse me. Wouldn't want to be a knave. Um, I'm just excited. Everyone's excited. So unless there's anything else to say, Justin, you have a, a night run to lead. Is that right? I do. I do. Around I'm the old charge running app. The streets can, uh... of Kansas City. Uh, if people want to join you, is it is it far too late for them to do that? Well, when they hear uh, the podcast, it will be. <laughs> yeah, I host runs all the time. You can, you can come. Charge, come join me on Charge Running. Charge Running. Uh, people yeah. in Kansas City are, are wide listenership over there. Check it out. You know, or or I would say be bold and drive from St. Louis and join Justin on. Honestly, it's it's virtual, Steve. You, you will, can do it wherever. Oh. You don't even have to be. No, no, run with him like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> even better. Please join him in the streets. Yeah, I'm just gonna start running, and by the time I get to the West Coast, everyone will be there, and then eventually I'll just stop. I was gonna say that uh, you know our listeners could meet you sooner than either of us have in person, but I see you've devised yet another way. To avoid in-person meetings altogether. So, well done. I I yes, admire. I am the reason for the coronavirus. <laughs> no, you are you are the number one fighter of the coronavirus, my friend. Uh, yeah. So I hope you enjoy that, and people, you know, run along or just just run. You know, just be healthy. Yep. Get outside, do something fun. Uh, but we'll be back. Let's try to make it two weeks this time. How about that? Sounds fun. Let's do it. Uh, two weeks from tonight would be uh or yeah would be teams arriving in florida so something to talk about uh but until then hard stop uh we're out of here you guys have anything any last words see ya yeah goodbye too Uh, actually (laughs) that's right all right good night everybody Upon his head, he's a long man. He did find.